Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. God, we thank you so much for everything you do for us. We thank you for how good you are. And we thank you even now that you're allowing us to meet virtually. And so at this moment, God, you speak to your people. Speak through me like only you can. And it's in Christ's name that we do pray. Amen. Friends, I greet you with Jesus' joy and God's greatness. I'm so excited to be here with you yet again virtually. And so today, we're going to look at Mark 9, verses 14 through 29, but we're going to use one verse to begin our time together, and that's verse 24. Immediately, the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. For our awesome time together, I want to speak to you from this thought, the honest disclosures effect. The honest disclosures effect. My brothers and sisters, disclosing who we actually and authentically are is quite challenging depending on who we are disclosing ourselves to. If it's our friends, we have no problem telling them what we're tired of, what we love, and even what we just dislike at the moment. Sometimes even associates or strangers, we don't have a problem in the barbershop talking about the weather, talking about music, or even talking about our favorite sport teams and how they may win a championship or not. However, my friends, when the situation and conversation cuts beneath the surface, we are left at the intersection of what do I reveal and what do I conceal? And truth be told, many of us walk through life not in an authentic manner, but instead we wear masks. We like to tell people and show people only what we desire of them, not all the time truthfully exactly who we are. Friends, if we're not careful, this kind of actions can literally pour over into our relationship with God and we begin to at least try to hide ourselves from God. But think about that. God is all-knowing. He's all-powerful. God is almighty. So how can we really hide from God? But the truth of the matter is, is that the real reason that many of us hide from God is simply because we don't feel well about ourselves. We fight shame internally. We fight suffering internally. And sometimes we commit so many actions that we feel as though God may not want to hear from us. But friends, that's not true. God is a loving father who always wants to hear from his children. And so today in Mark 9, verses 14 through 29, we're going to see the positive outcomes that happen when we choose to honestly disclose ourselves to God. It's in the book of Mark that Jesus has healed people. He's fed people. He's provided for people. Jesus has done a lot. 
But guess what? Jesus is not done yet. This healing story offers for us some wisdom that will aid all of us in gaining a deeper relationship with God. And the first wisdom nugget that we see from the text in verses 14 through 16 is simply this. Don't allow distractions to detour you away from God. See, in verse 14, you see there the disciples, they're here and they're trying to do their best. And all of a sudden, they decide to get in an argument with the scribes. <laughs> they were to be God's representatives. They were supposed to be proclaiming the message of Jesus. However, at this moment, they are engaged in an argument. And yet in verse 15, there happens to be a very large crowd and they get to see Jesus. You know, Jesus, the one who walked on water. They get to see this Jesus and they literally look at the argument and run toward Jesus. Verse 15 shows us that this, the crowd had it right. Their eyes were fixed on Jesus. And at this moment, the disciples eyes were supposed to be fixed on God, not arguing. But pause the parable for a minute and think about that. Today, we do the exact same thing that the disciples are doing in the text. We get distracted by arguments with people and different things and situations. You see, people, they argue simply when they have a difference in opinion and neither side wants to agree to disagree. Each side chooses to continue voicing their concerns. And just like the late great Luther Ross, Luther Vandross would say, you've got me going in circles <laughs> and the circles continue. They never end. But yet in verse 16, Jesus bypasses the crowd. He says, hey, how you doing? But notices his disciples arguing and he goes and interrupts them and says, what are you arguing about with them? And the truth be told. Sometimes in our life, Jesus has to upset our equilibrium to point us back to God. Sometimes in our life, Jesus has to get our attention in an abrupt way to literally help us to go Godward instead of being so focused on what other people are saying about us, how people feel about us. And right now in the text, we get to see just as Jesus upset their equilibrium, just as Jesus has upset our equilibrium, even at this moment where we're quarantined at home, sometimes God has to point us back to God. Friends, don't fall into the trap and allow your distractions to detour you away from God, but center your life on God. But yet the parable continues because in verses 17 through 19, we get to see some unsuccessful attempts happen. And I'd like to just urge you from the lesson from the text to simply say, don't allow unsuccessful attempts to cause turbulence to your faith. You see, in verses 17 through 18, the disciples have been brought a young man. They're supposed to heal this young man. There's a father that says, hey, I need you to heal my son. But yet the disciples have tried and to no avail. They try again and to no avail. But yet look in the text, because if you use a magnifying glass and place it on the text, you're going to see nowhere in this parable do you notice that these disciples have actually asked God for any help. Nowhere in the parable do you see that they actually prayed to God and said, God, please give us strength that we may be able to heal this young man. 
No, the disciples did just like you and I. They felt like, hey, well, we walk with Jesus. We've seen him heal, but guess what? We want our independence. It's our turn. And my friends, that is the biggest trap, and I don't want you to fall into it because just as the disciples could not heal this man when they relied on their own strength, you cannot do anything apart from God. You see, where there is an absence of communication with God, there is often an absence of success in life. If you ever want to know why you're not successful, just think about it. How much have you spoken with the Lord lately? You see, the disciples, they neglected Jesus. And Jesus becomes angry when he says, I've seen you do all of these unsuccessful attempts. I've seen you try to heal this young man and you couldn't. And he asked them, how long must I put up with you not believing? How much longer must I put up with you not having faith? How much longer must I put up with you not fully relying on God? Friends, I believe God's asking us the same question at this moment. Children, aren't you tired of failing is probably what he's saying to us. Children, aren't you tired of suffering and trying to do things on your own and it not working out? Friends, we're supposed to be just like the psalmist in Psalm chapter one, verse three, that says that we should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that yields fruit in due season, that whatever he or she does, it will prosper. Friends, our unsuccessful attempts in life can sometimes be because of our neglecting to talk to God. But in the midst of this, don't allow unsuccessful attempts to add turbulent to your faith, your faith. Don't allow distractions to detour you away from God. But yet in verses 20 through through 27, here's my challenge to you. Don't withhold anything from God. It's in verses 20 through 27 that we get to see authentic prayer happen. Because in verse 20, Jesus comes on the scene and he is literally coming in contact with a young man who is having seizure-like activity. This spirit that's inside of him throws him to the ground. It puts his life in danger and even puts him to the fact where he is foaming at the mouth. Jesus, like a good doctor, asks for more about this situation. And he says, how long has this person been going through this? And the father begins to speak and says, he's been going through this for most of his life. But what's so great about this text is that the father here, In verse 22, cries out to Jesus and says, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us. You see, this father brought his son for healing without doing a self-examination of himself. See, in lieu of seeing his son suffer for all these years, he has wrestled in a tug of war session going between belief and unbelief. He's wrestled believing in one day when things were well and unbelieving in other times when things were horrible. But yet in verse 23, Jesus offers the prescription to his challenge and says, all things are possible to the one who believes. But in verse 24, we get to see that this father did not just take this prescription and say, I'm not going to do anything with it. But yet he says, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Friends, when we think about that prayer right there, that's the prayer we need to pray every day because sometimes in our life, doubt can seep in. Sometimes in our life, unbelief can seep in. But yet we must pray the prayer, I believe God but help my unbelief. 
It is when we do this that then we find that we must fully rely on God. It's when we do this where this is a vivid picture of reliance. And in verses 28 through 29, Jesus begins to use this time as a teachable moment. The disciples have seen Jesus heal this great guy. They've seen him heal the father, but also they've seen him heal the son because the son literally was convulsing and God healed him and cast out the spirit. But yet as they walk away from this crowd, they begin to get Jesus by himself and they ask Jesus, why is it that we could not cast out this spirit? And Jesus tells them, It's because you didn't rely on me. This kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. Friends, in this moment, what are you not speaking to God about? In this moment of uncertainty where you're so fearful, where everything is going on in the world and we're seeing people die and we're seeing some people get well and we're in a tug of war between our belief and our unbelief, why aren't you going to God about your fear? It could be your finances that you're frightened about at the moment because of the spread of this virus, but have you gone to God about it? Because every time we try to fight by ourselves, we will never win. There may be somebody here today that's watching this online that feels like I've been in a fight, but I need Jesus. And if you want to accept Jesus right now, you feel God leading you and opening up your heart, just simply repeat this prayer after me. I admit that I'm a sinner in need of God's love. I believe that Jesus died for every sin that I would or could commit. And I confess that Jesus is the Lord and the head of my life. Friends, if that's you, I want you to know we are excited about what God has done in your life. But it could be that you want to be a part of what's happening here at Second Ponce. If that's you, feel free to email us. We'd love to connect with you in some way, but it may even be that you have a prayer request after hearing this parable. And if you have a prayer request, you please email us. We want to pray for you. But my big challenge right now to everybody is will you stop praying these lofty prayers and give God your heart in prayer? Will you tell God what you're scared of? Will you tell God what you're worried about? Will you tell God the truth of who you are? Yes, God knows, but God wants to hear from you. And I together take away a sermon in a sentence. It's that God wants to hear our truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Let's pray. God, thank you for always listening to us. Thank you for always waiting on us. Thank you for you being God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for worshiping with us. We really appreciate it. And we pray that this is a great week for you. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, 
Come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.